Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Happy football season, Big Sills and Big Sills. On Big Thursday, here we go, man. Start a National Football League season. Chiefs and Lions tonight, I can't tell you how excited I am about not just the pro season, but the college season and all the great storylines. Man, baseball and basketball and everything else, it's really third, fourth page stuff now. Football dominates our country. Football's the best sport on the planet because you know why? And you know what you can't do in our sport? You can't move. You can't move goalpost. You could. You can tune on a new show. Those guys are always moving the goalpost on you, aren't they? You know, voters and shit like that. Not here. You can't move the goalpost in sports. Like Tone says, a winner and loser. There's no debating. There's not a debate. And you know, you know what? I hear people go, well, Jalen played great in the Super Bowl. And? And? It's context. But hey, man, that's just another conversation for somebody who's looking for excuses every day. I want to start this off here. And you know me, I'm a conspiracy guy. I think Jonathan Gannon was Judas to Nick Sirianni. I think he sabotaged the Super Bowl now. I'll tell you why, with his attitude. So, you know, if you dissect that interview he did the other day, This is what he's telling Philadelphia sports fans and NFL fans and management who gave him an opportunity to be the defensive coordinator in Philly. And I want you to tell me, I want you to tell me how you feel about this man. Maybe I'm going overboard with this. You tell me. So he's implying that Nick wasn't smart enough And didn't have enough leadership as the head coach of the Eagles. That his D.C., who by all accounts, this was his first big gig, went to the head coach and said, hey, if you want to save all of our careers, you'll give up the play calling and hand it to Shane. That's undermining. Why would a guy who has one of the two jobs in the world tell someone that on a podcast? That it is the same. He didn't have that decision. Then guess what? 
they were going to see a position where they lose. I think we're having a little internet issues here, so I hope you'll hang in there with me. I got it. I got it a little bit. Um, breaking up a little bit. Hey, Tone, do you want do you want to restart it, Tone? Okay. See if we can fix it here. Let's see if we can. Um, we we here. It's coming back. Hang on. It's coming back. It's coming back here a little bit for us. Okay. There we go. There we go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Tell me what you think of the comment that I just made. In case you guys didn't hear it, I'll do it again. So Jonathan Gannon is coming off like it was his decision to save the Eagles. And the Eagles are where they are because it was him who said when they were 2-5, and five, Coach, you should give up your play-calling duties. A defensive coordinator went to the head football coach, and the head football coach went, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'll listen to you, Jonathan. Am I wrong when I'm thinking that? That's a backhanded slap. I mean, he that's a backhanded slap. So what he's done is he's trashed Nick Sirianni in the process of downplaying that if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him, the Philadelphia Eagles wouldn't be where they are today. That's exactly right. Jonathan Gannon never respected Sirianni. That's why he didn't give him his best at the Super Bowl. You guys are right. Jonathan Gannon stabbed Sirianni and the Eagle players in the back in his preparation. That's how he sabotaged the Super Bowl. Why wouldn't it make him look better by making those comments? You had a guy who was not vested in the Super Bowl. Yes, you have a better coaching staff now. Yes, you do. You have a better coaching staff. You know why? Because I can trust you. That's right, Tone. Gardner Johnson was actually onto it. He thought that Jonathan Gannon was a two-faced also. You guys didn't want to hear him. Because Nick backed him. Remember what Angelo said two weeks ago? Angelo goes, yeah, man, Nick Sirianni didn't come on the program because I was bashing Gannon. He didn't come on the program. Nick was, Nick had his back all the way to the end. Gannon was stabbing him behind the back. Talking shit on him. Can you imagine what he said to Mike Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals? You, you were... It's unbelievable to hear. I've never heard an assistant coach take a shit on a head coach and downplay his importance. It's one thing for me to sit here and say something about Nick Sirianni. It's another thing for an assistant coach that he gave an opportunity to or signed off on an opportunity to 
for him to be sitting there and as get this as Nick as I think this is why isn't this a bigger story that while Sirianni and the entire organization and Howie Roseman and everybody including the owner were 100% behind Jonathan Gannon no 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 you all have it wrong about I was never wrong about him was I now I was never wrong about him. Seth Joyner and I were never wrong about him. Sirianni's too much of a good guy to Gannon. And he got played. It's correct. And it cost him the Super Bowl. Couple bad plays and bad coaching. Cost you that game. Wait, I'll take that back. A couple bad plays and a lack of loyalty cost you that game. My God. Dude, it's one thing to have a player not make a play in the Super Bowl or hurts to put the ball on the carpet. It's another thing for your coach to be sabotaging you. If you watch the Super Bowl, you could see no adjustments the whole game. Sway said, hey, guys, am I, am, I, am I taking, back me up here. Am I, am I, do I need to be backed up here? Do I see that this guy completely sabotaged that Super Bowl? He took a shit on him. I got you, Sway. Thank you. The timing of it all makes it even more disgusting. If I'm Sirianni, I refuse to let him distract us from the 2023 season. I get that. But you know what Sirianni now has to deal with? If Sean Desai's defense doesn't look good out of the gate, oh, you guys really miss me, don't you? He's setting up Sirianni for failure. If there is, I'm not saying there is. He's setting Sirianni up for failure. Instead of just going on his way and going and doing his business and worrying about his mousetrap, he wants to look better in Philly. Eleven, you're not going to be the same. You don't. You're not getting seventy sacks. You're not going to be the same defense you were a year ago. At least early on. They're going to say it's lesser. I'm not. You're playing better teams. If you give up 30 points or 28 points a game and you're playing all these top flight quarterbacks, do you actually think I'm going to come on here and go like this? Hey, it's a shittier defense. No, it's not a mature defense. What I've been saying, and you're playing better people. I'm not going to say the size of better Better or worse coach? We don't know that yet. I have never said that. I said your defense is going to have to take some time to mature. But he's setting Sirianni up and the new coaching staff for failure. Not that there will be. Gannon also sounds like a guy with regret. He is so focused on the rearview mirror, he doesn't realize the car wreck is right there in front of him in Arizona. Absolutely, Tone. He's trying to he's trying to 
You see, he can't talk shit on his current employer, on the train wreck that is the Cardinals. So he'd rather just lie. Do you know, I heard today from some Eagle coaches, assistant coaches, that the Eagles are furious. The Philadelphia Eagle coaching staff is furious with Jonathan Gannon that he would lie like that about Nick. That discussion never happened. Hey, why don't you like give the uh, play calling? It was a collective decision between Roseman and Sirianni. Then they presented it to Steichen. Gannon had nothing to do with it. I go like this, and I, and I can't say the name. He went like this. Shane wasn't even in the room for the conversation, nor was I. Gannon was clearly not in the room. Then they went to Shane and told him, hey, this is what I think we're going to do because I need to be more focused. The head coach and the GM made that call. Man, damn, dude. Look, that's not going to impact and be the text of our show today, but that's a bigger story. The tampering and now the lies. You don't think that's a bigger story? 49ers, 24.6 million under the cap. Burns next, doubtful. Doubtful. I saw what they did. They restructured Trent Williams and Kittle's deal so they can get further under the cap. Okay? Man. JM, how do you know it's not Stoutland? He was at one time the head football coach at the University of Miami. By the way, Mario Cristobal will be on with us. Big game against A&M, 4.30 Eastern time. We'll talk to the current head coach. Get his take on what we're going to see this weekend. Big college action, obviously. So, head football coach in the Miami Hurricanes. Mario Cristobal, 4.30 Eastern time. We're going to move on here. We're going to move on. We're going to have a little fun here as we get ready for tonight's game. But, man, you guys were right. You were sabotaged. wasn't the field. Hey, and all the people who keep saying that Jonathan Gannon was a good D coordinator, he may have been a decent coach, but he was a horrible coach on the coaching staff. Wow, man, what a backstabber. That's the kind of shit head coaches have to fight. They won in spite of Jonathan Gannon. Man. Man, I feel sorry for those players that are in that locker room. And that would make me more pissed off going into this year that we had a coach who was invested in the most important game of the year. Let's go out and get it, man, because we're owed it. That would that would give me motivation that there was somebody that wasn't rowing in the same direction with us. That's the only flaw I see in the last two years since they hired Nick Sirianni. You had one coach who was looking out for himself in his own self-preservation and his own future and not the current present. That's the only flaw and the only horrible hire that they have had in a long time. He is a horrible hire. He sabotaged the Super Bowl. He sabotaged it in his preparation and his mentality for the game. You win games like that, the Super Bowl, with passion. Passion.
passion for what you love, your preparation. Everybody's good in the NFL. What a shit bag, man. Boy, what a, I can't wait to play that team this year. Man, I would run the score up on them SOBs as much as I, if I could score 100 points, I would. I would, if it was three seconds left in the game, I would run it down their throat. And if Kyler Murray's playing, I would take cheap shots at his ass. If I saw you standing on the sidelines, put Derek Barnett in the game. Let him take out Jonathan Gannon standing there. Dude, terrible. Did you take the bus today? That guy's such a phony, man. Honestly, a scarecrow has more integrity than that dude standing still. Let's move on now because I'm pissed off, man. You, you lost the Super Bowl because of shitty coaching, not because of jail and scoop and score. He didn't give a shit if you won it or not. He only cared that he was going to be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals with his $10 million house in Scottsdale. And then he turns around going, Sirianni's not to, hey, we're going to talk about Nick. Do you know what he's basically saying? Sirianni's not that good a coach. His assistant coaches were pulling all the, were, were calling all the shots. An assistant coach told a head coach. So do you think Kellen Moore told Mike McCarthy when he got the head football coaching job, hey, if you take the cowboy job, know that you're not taking my play calling away. Since when does the assistant coach have more autonomy over you? Look, I believe that Nick goes with what Howie and all them say, but I do not believe those assistants tell Nick what to do. I do not believe that at all. You know, I may think Nick's kind of a cheerleader, but I don't think Nick sits there going, hey, what do you think I should do? I think he says, what do you think we should do? Dude, I, I actually, I personally, I personally think this is a bigger story. But nobody in Philly wants to cover that because the Eagles... I'm telling you, the Eagles are pissed off right now at this guy. But they don't want to get it in the way, and they don't want to make it public, and they don't want to make a big, a big story out of it because they're focused on New England. Okay? And they're focused on beating the Patriots. That's the right thing. Dude, run the score up on that guy. Just run the score up on him. Beat him 58-0. Run the score up on him. Man, I would, I, I would make that game so ugly that there will not be a handshake. And I would make him a villain. Dude, I hate that guy more than I hate Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons at least didn't cost you a, a world championship, especially in football. Ben Simmons cost himself a career in Philly. This guy cost you a Super Bowl. Man, I can't think of a bigger villain in Philly history than that guy. This thing's playing out that way. I told you he was house hunting. I told you he wasn't he was distracted and not focused on the game. I told you this. Now he's telling you, Sirianni, 
really had nothing to do with anything. I did. I made the call. I saved the Eagles. And I saved the entire coach coaching staff when we were two and five. It was his call. He saved it. He saved, he saved the roster. He saved Jalen Hurts. He's basically taking credit for Jalen Hurts. A D coordinator is taking credit for Jalen Hurts too. Am I wrong? He's taking credit for putting the right coach with Jalen. Tell me, hey, am I overdoing, am I overcooking this? Hey, Nick's not the right coach for Jalen. Shane Steichen is. <laughs> oh, okay. Really? Tell me I'm wrong. Is that, is that, so, Joan, is that too over the top that I'm reading into this? Hey, man, why don't you just turn it over to Shane? We're two and five. We'll get fired anyway at the end of the year. And if you want to fill in the lines, you're not the right coach for him. Shane is. And basically what he's saying is, let's put the right coach with him. You're not the right coach for Jalen. Even if you're overcooking again, it should never have never put the damn bird in the oven. Hey, JM, that has to be one of the best lines so far, man. Eagle fan goes, Sills, for once I agree. Okay? Yes, that's it right there, Tone. Gannon is like a crazy ex. (laughs) Just won't go away, man. (laughs) Right? Just won't go away, man. I need money. I bet you do. Hey, I need some respect. I bet you do because no one has it for you off that bus comment you had and that stupid-ass um, motivational thing you put out there. Did you get off the bus? Did you get off the bus? Did you take the bus? I was like, why do I believe Dion more? I think the Desert Sands got into that guy. <laughs> I mean, let's do this, man. I'm going to say this to you now. Has my opinion changed to Nick Sirianni? I'm going to say this to you, man. He's a loyal dude. Nick Sirianni is what, you think, to this organization? Elite? Good? Average? Or a joke? According to Jonathan Gannon, he's a joke. You know, I was going to put poor, but I put joke there because that's what the coach is saying. What is he? What is what is what is Nick Sirianni? As he goes into year three. Ty says he's elite. He's okay. His players respect Sirianni. Only one way that happens. You're not wrong, Nathan. Nathan, being a head coach is is a people skill. It's not always about X's and O's. James says a great coach. Let me, let me define this to you on two types of coaches. Do we agree that Nick Sirianni is different than Doug Peterson and Andy Reid? 
do we agree that those two guys are different? Okay. Well, Jalen, let's take a look at that. When you say, when when you when you when you say he's a great coach, because he might be after this conversation. They're two different guys, right? By the way, I'm not bashing any one of these guys here with this because I think they fit in a different category. Now, would Jimmy Johnson fit in the Andy Reid, Doug Peterson category? No. I would never I would never lie to you guys and go, hey, Jimmy's a great play caller. Because he's not. <laughs> he may have an opinion on something, but he's a people guy. Jimmy's not a play caller. So he doesn't really, he fits more with what Nick does. And what is that? A delegator. He balances his coaching staff with equal time and equal involvement, but never getting too involved. Is that a great coach? How many times do we see certain guys who can't make that transition you see, this is the transition that Nick is making. Nick is making a transition from being a centric wide receiver coach, then the offensive coordinator, then he's had to go like this. I just can't be like this. I got to be more like this. I can't be micro. I got to be macro. I got to look at everything. Because I can't. If I'm looking at one side of the ball, I become Josh McDaniels. I become Matt Patricia in Detroit. Right? I think there has to be a belief and a trust in your assistants to do that. And you had a coach who, in spite of your 100 do you know when angelo came on this program two weeks ago nick sirianni fell on the sword for jonathan gannon every single week to a point where sirianni wouldn't go on the show anymore at the final show for angelo cataldi in his brilliant career he wouldn't go on the final show he fell on the sword for him because he believed he had his back that's a great coach because that translates to the players. That makes them genuine. That hokey bullshit jumping on the, the park benches and screaming at fans and shit. It's who he is. I get it. I disagree with Angelo here because I think Angelo's looking at coaches like Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, and those coaches are completely different. They are different. They're play callers. And they have a lot of trust in their D coordinators. Hey, Steve Spagnola, there's a reason why he's one of the highest paid defensive coordinators in the National Football League. He's got total autonomy on that Kansas City side over there. Remember when Sean McVay got the job in Los Angeles with the Rams? What did he do? He hired Wade Phillips. Had to have trust. So I look at Nick, and what would I, what would I call Nick? Do I think he's elite? No. Do I think he's good? 
Dickie's better than good. You played in the greatest football game ever. Even if I was rooting for the other team, really enjoyed the show. Hey, Mark, stop doing that. <laughs> okay? Yes, 100 million people watched that, sh- that game that night. And watch this. I had a Jalen Hurts game in that night. Mark, I had a Jalen Hurts game. But it doesn't really do me any good because we lost. Okay? Sills latches on to any negative story about the Eagles. This isn't what's negative. Wait a minute. So this guy just said to me, he doesn't want me to talk to you about a guy who threw the Super Bowl and sabotaged your game. This ain't negative on the Eagles. This is negative on this dude. This got nothing to do with the Eagles. This is The Eagles had faith in him. The Eagles believed in him. The Eagles had blind faith in that coach. The players had blind faith in that coach. It's not their fault. It's this guy's fault. Dude, you lost that game, in my opinion. Some poor plays in the game, and that guy. The field was tilted. You had one coach who wasn't ready. And you know what kills me? And I, and, I, and, and I hate to say this because I really like him. How many times, Tone, have we had John McMullen come on and say, if anybody thinks that Jonathan Gannon wasn't prepared for that game is absolutely crazy. I'd like to know if he still thinks that. I'd like to really know if, if John McMullen thinks that still. He just basically came out and took a shit on your head coach. What would I call Nick? Nick's getting better and better like Jalen's getting better and better. Okay? He's getting better and better. And the thing that I like about him, there's a little bit of a Dion quality in him. I totally believe that the players have to like this guy and they have to believe this guy or they wouldn't play for this guy. I completely believe that. Okay? I completely believe that. Wow. What a story. It's, 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 we kind of all felt it, but to hear somebody tried to elevate their importance over the head coach and using him as a as a prop to prop himself up while you have the job somewhere else what's the point where where what's the point of this now on game day at the start of the season Right? I don't know what the point is. Let's move on. Tomorrow we'll give you our game plan. But what I want to do right now before we get into some of the topics here, by the way, my week one quarterback ranking list, we're going to do that here in a sec. Um, Just some takeaways for you to think about tonight as you're getting ready for Sunday's game against New England. Um, I heard Tom Curran on with the guys in sports take. Isn't it funny? 
seems that all five guys now are going to play in that game on Sunday. Don't ever believe anything coming out of New England that the offensive line are hurt. Don't believe anything. All five look like they're going to start. I thought they were all banged up. I thought they were all hurt. Wait a minute. All five guys are going to start? Jeez. Wonder why. Yeah, because they're sending false information out because they want the Eagles to start reading press clippings. Oh, we're going to kill this team. Oh, we're going to – don't believe anything coming out of New England. Why would you? Spygate, Deflategate. They're in the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, press box. Taping games, even though they were told not to. Why in the world would you believe any of this crap? Why would you believe anything that he says when it comes to – he signs Jalen Rager. It must be because of his wonderful ability. Okay? It must be because of the fantastic ability he has. Right? Breaking into radio frequencies, not having... Do you know that rule on the sidelines with headsets is because of New England? That if your side goes out, the other side has to go out too. That's a New England Patriot rule. Big Sills, we all knew that Gannon was a potential bomb to destroy us. I trust Reich or Ansiriani from Indy. All coaches have their own personality. That's not a personality. That's an angler. Jonathan Gannon is angling his way by shitting on other people to elevate himself. You know, I mean, he even was thrown. And look, I'm all for it, too, when players don't play and make plays in games. But you don't tell the public that. Hey, this was my call. I screwed that game up, and, you know, I should have had a better game plan. Yeah, we needed to make a play there. We needed to do – hey, we all get – we're not blind. We're not blind. We saw it. But when coaches say that, it's it's excuses. I hate when coaches blame players publicly. What's the point? And when a player blames a coach, like CJ did, he gets roasted by the media. You roasted Gardner Johnson when he said – That guy didn't put us in position to win. I'll work on Chris Berman for you. My wife used to get him on for me all the time. So when CJ says it, all the Philly media roasted him. That guy didn't put us in a position in the Super Bowl to win. He got killed. Yeah. JM goes, Arians used to blame Brady. Well, the difference there is they won a Super Bowl. They didn't lose one. Here's some, let's get into the Patriots here. I want you to think about these things as we're getting ready for tomorrow's pregame. I'll give you what I think they have to do in the game plan. But these are some things I want you to think about as you get ready for Sunday's game. 
I, I can't believe this stat. Is this really the fourth year in a row that the Eagles are going to start the season on the road? Is it four years in a row that the Philadelphia Eagles now are starting on the road? I mean, is, is that right? Kind of odd. Um, Four years in a row, right? Two years under Sirianni. Falcons. Um, Right? Two, four years in a row, the Eagles, Detroit last year. The Patriots are not one of the favorites, obviously, to win the AFC East. Mac Jones enters his third season. Um, let's see. Hey, hang, hang on for a second, guys. How do you want Crystal Ball today? What's the best way to get him on Zoom link? Here, let me let me let me let me just send this here. I'm sorry, I'm producing on the side here. Zoom link has been sent to him. There we go. Um. Patriots are not one of the teams, obviously, uh, that is going to be one of the teams to. Here, I need I need to get an email here. Um, I'm, I apologize about this, guys. Your email. I'm doing my show now. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Tone's not slacking off. Nope, Tone's not slacking off. Nope. We're just producing on the fly because it's a big game this week for the Hurricanes. Um, um, and they're playing Texas A&M, so we're going to get this thing here done here in a second here. Here we go. So I'm just going to send this to Tone, and then we'll be on our way here. I apologize, everyone. Producing on the fly, right, Tom? <laughs> Producing on the fly. Let's see. <laughs> okay, hey, can you correspond with my guy there, Tone? I just sent you a text. And we can – no, no, Coach Ball, send it to this guy here and take over here a little bit for me here so we can um, – um, we can we can move on here now. So we're all good now. Let's move on here. All right. Thank you guys for being patient. Um, Mac Jones enters his third year. Guys, what kind of quarterback do you think he is? I think Mac Jones, where, where would you put him in the top 32? Okay. Where would you put Mac Jones in the top 32? Where would you put him? Where would you put Mac Jones, a starting quarterback for 25, 20? 
He's not 32. 25 in the around 20 to 25 in there. 23. Yeah. I'm with you. Around in there. Okay. Around in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I think Bill O'Brien is going to be a huge addition um, to the offense and to how the Eagles are going to have to attack that offense. Do I think the Philadelphia Eagles are a better roster than the New England Patriots? Absolutely. Absolutely. But they have components on that team that can give them trouble. Now, Ramondre Stevenson can play. He's a good football player. Zeke is good. And here's, here's one of the components. Ace says, Sills Karma's coming for Gannon. He went to Arizona to suffer football. It's supposed to be a brotherhood. Everyone should be united, not a scumbag. Absolutely true. That's kind of my point, Ace. Okay, that's kind of my point here. here, here here's where I'm going here with, with the Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke and the Eagles were 16th last year against the run. Is that a concern? I think so. I do. Um, Steve, I'll get to that a little bit later. Let me get through this first. Um, they got some pretty good tight ends. Um, that guy, Mike Gilski, is that his name? Is that the kid from Dallas? And they got Hunter Renfro. Or excuse me, Hunter Henry, who used to be with the Chargers. And you look at those guys and you say this to me. When I say those two guys, Mike Gusecki, is that his name? Right? The Dolphins. That's right. Thank you, Hollywood. He was a Dolphin. Jasicki, that's right. Thank you, JM. What do you what do you guys think of Hunter Henry and Jasecki? What do you guys think of those two guys? Are they top flight tight ends? No. But you don't have top flight linebackers. Okay? Talented but can't stay healthy. But Tone, here's the deal. Do you have just as talented of a linebacker to cover those guys? coming out of the backfield. So here's a question, and here's how I'm going to look at this. Well, they have the component to run the ball, and it's going to be an interesting matchup to see if your linebackers are going to be able to cover good tight ends. Not great tight ends. Good tight ends. Okay? Good tight ends. The kid in Miami can run. Okay. And there it is. See, it's not so much that these guys are top flight dudes. I'm not giving you that. Thank you, JM, for the uh, pronunciation. And this kid, Jasicki, he's a good player, right? He's good. I mean, he's not spectacular. Fast, good hands. He can play. Hunter Henry can play. He's a good football player. Do you have the talent to cover those guys? I think that's a question mark. 
So wait a minute now. Think about it. The Patriots offense has a tight end maybe mismatch on the Eagles. And the run game's going to be tested. You're not going to go after. Do you have safeties to cover those guys? How do you know? These guys are bona fide pros. They're good players. And they got a pretty decent wide out in Juju Smith-Schuster who beat you in the Super Bowl. Not that he's great. He's a 2-3 guy in most places. Do you understand that they have some components to keep this game pretty close because of your defense? Look, your offense is spectacular. Okay, this is another key matchup that you're going to have to look at. Okay? I caught a podcast for the Patriots today, and they said their number one concern for the season was their O-line, even when fully healthy. Relative, I believe that. I believe that. I think they're going to have a tough time um, protecting That's why I think you're going to see a lot of three and five step drop. It's going to have to be timing routes. And here's another component that you're going to look at with Sean Desai now. Okay. Think about this component with Sean Desai now. Well, is he going to play man coverage? The Eagles don't play man coverage. They play zone coverage. Are you going to get up and knock these guys off the line of scrimmage? Who's covering them? Are you going to take Hassan Reddick out of that with a bum hand? to take on one of these tight ends, who's covering these guys? I think they have a matchup in certain areas that the Eagles are weak at. I caught a Patriots podcast. Yep, relative, thank you very much for doing that. We we got you. I agree. I agree with you. I said it yesterday. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in defending the uh, quarterback if you go seven. That's why I I said it yesterday. I think it's going to be a lot of quick hitch stuff. Okay, a lot of quick hitch stuff. And look, if the Eagles can stop the run and they can cover these tight ends and Stevenson caught 60 passes out of the backfield. These linebackers are going to get stressed. This is a game for the Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis. If, and maybe Sidney Brown. If those guys can't stop the run and you can't cover these people, what happens when you get into a game against really qualified and really talented guys? That's why this game, in my opinion, in a week one, this thing's going to be a close ball game. This is not a blowout. You don't have blowout material on defense. You do not have blowout material. Your offense is probably the best group of players in the National Football League per position. That's a given. Not on defense, it isn't. And, and, and the Patriots know that. You think the Patriots don't have enough offense, but they have the kryptonite to your weaknesses. You can't cover tight ends. You couldn't a year ago. You're lesser today. You were 16th in the league last year with good players stopping the run. That's where the game's going to be won or lost. Right there. The game is going to be won or lost on what I just said. Okay? 
if they step up and play their – now, look, I'll tell you something else about Jalen Carter here in a second. The thing about the Eagle defense is they have tons of athleticism and speed. But will the young guys be able to limit their reps? We got to watch for that. I'm going to say this to you. I think the Patriots are going to have their hands full with Jalen Carter and try to stopping him getting up the field. I do. I think they're going to have their hands full. Okay. And but so what do you do with a guy that's really got great feet? You do a lot of misdirection shit at him. Uh, once again, you know, I saw something on WIP. They put this poll out there and people in Philly believe you have a better coaching staff than the Patriots. You do not. Not even remotely close. Okay. Not not even remotely close. Yeah, and, and, and JM goes, Mac holds the ball. That's why they got to get it out of his hands quick. They can't let him sit back there because I think he struggles reading progression and that O-line's not good enough to keep him protected. They better double-team Carter. Yeah. They better do some chip. Quick passes means get your hands up fast. That's what Tracy's telling them right now. Get your hands up. Okay? Get your hands up quick. It's going to be one, two, three, throw. You see, but your corners don't play man. Are they going to play man? Or are they going to play press? They're a zone cover corners. They're not press cover corners. Jusicki can't block Carter one-on-one. Carter's a defensive tackle. He's He's a tight end. They don't play against one another. They'll never line up against one another. So that has no bearing on Sunday's game. He's either going to be in the slot or he's going to be a tight end. Carter's going to be either the three or the one. They'll never see one another. They have no, they'll never, they'll never cross pass. Reddick will see the tight ends. Brandon Graham will see the tight ends. Josh Sweat will see the tight ends. Maybe Nolan Smith, depending on what his back is. Okay. Please explain how are the Patriots going to stop us. Riley, well, they got a better defense than you. All their pieces are coming back. They're top 10. They're going to be top 10 again. They got three guys or two guys, is it? With double-digit sacks, too? I think they're, I mean, they got really good defensive tackles. They got good linebacker play. They were eighth in the NFL last year in defense. I don't know. They didn't lose anybody. They're good defensively. They've got to limit, and they've got to get Hurts off the field. Here's what the Patriots can't do. They can't allow a 14-play drive. Because if if the pay, if the Patriots allow, I'll say this to you. If the Patriots allow two 14-play drives in the first four, shit, man. New England's going to be fighting uphill the entire game. Now, but here's the one thing that Philadelphia can't do. They can't put teams away. So Philadelphia will keep the Patriots in the game because they kept everyone in the game last year. Three interception game for Mac Jones. Hey, that's your opinion. We'll see. I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to put him in a position to do that. 
I think they're going to run. See, I don't believe three interceptions. You know why? I think the Patriots are going to run the ball 40 times. I think you'll see 25 passes. I, I think you'll see screens, checkdowns, and to the tight ends, maybe a crossing route to Schuster, maybe. But you're not going to see high percentage turnover plays going in the middle of the field unless they feel the secondary and the safety position is not what people are saying that they're going to be okay. I don't know that yet because I haven't seen that position play, so I can't make that that guess yet. I want to see them out there all together. But um, you're not going to see a lot of high percentage passes in this game by New England. New England would rather punt the ball than throw the ball 25 yards down the field. Don't you get that? They want to learn. They, they want to live for another day, which means they want this thing to be a fourth quarter field position game and time of possession game. You're not looking at it right. They're not going to sit back there and have four passes plus 25 and punt. You lose the game that way. This is a strategic game for New England. Okay? Mac Jones throws will not go over 10 yards on Sunday. Absolutely. Why would you? Why would you? You got a thousand yard back in a 500 reception back and a 60 catch back. And you got Zeke back there, maybe for some red zone shit and short yardage. Why would you throw the ball down? And you got tight ends that you feel can match up against the tight ends in new England can match up against the Eagle linebackers. That's you don't have better linebackers. They may be equal. They may be, but I know those guys are pros. I don't know anything. Zach Cunningham's good. I don't know anything about Dean. He can cover anything. Those other guys are pretty good ball players. So we're going to find out if the Eagles can cover. You couldn't cover shit last year. You had the worst cover team last year. Linebackers couldn't cover last year. Kaiser White couldn't cover. TJ couldn't cover. But now all of a sudden you got an upgrade. Maybe. Those guys are ball players, though. Okay? Look, here. Am I sitting here today on a Thursday saying that the Patriots can beat them? Here, New England for them, for the New England Patriots to beat the Eagles, it's going to have to be something like this 200 yards rushing on 38 attempts. The Eagles are going to have to have three turnovers, and there's going to have to be a special teams play. I don't know what that is. Shitty punt. They give up a half a field like they did last year. And it puts them in a position to go half the distance. They have to win time of possession. They have to run more plays than the Eagles do. I mean, they have to be around 70 plays and the Eagles have to be around 59 for them to win. That's the numbers you're looking at. You're limiting touches. That's how you beat Mahomes. You can't get it. Dude, the worst thing you do with Mahomes' team is get into a shootout with him. Don't, I don't want to be in a shootout with that guy because he throws his team out of trouble. I, do, I want him on the sidelines. Okay? Easy game, 31-24 is an easy game. If you call that an easy game, I'll take that score. Okay, to me, that's a fourth quarter football game, 31-24.
uh, uh, scoring late. Okay. I'll take that game if I'm New England. That keeps me in it. It's a good test for us early. Pat's defense is fast. Correct. Turner, fantastic take. By the way, I've said nothing about Jalen. I've said nothing about him. I think think that offense, this is going to be so interesting. You know, I heard people saying this, and I heard a guy, I can't remember what show it was on our network. Because there's a lot of people that think that Jalen Hurts is going to make a step back. And I don't think people understand what people around the league and NFL experts and football personnel people say when they say make a step backwards. It's not that they make a step backwards. There's more film on him now. Last year, I don't think teams knew how to defend him. I think they do now. Okay? I think they know how to defend him. Or they're going to come up with a scheme to try to defend him. Look, if you could defend Cam Newton, if you can defend Joe Montana, all those quarterbacks make step backwards. Why? Because these coordinators come up with a way to slow you down. It's not that he'll – get this. Jalen's numbers might even go down. You know why? Because of the teams you're playing. They may limit your your series. You may not have the same amount of numbers. But you may still see better decision-making. This comes down to decision-making. You guys understand that? Sills wants to be on both sides if they win. I don't do that shit, man. I don't straddle a fence. I'll give you my opinion on Friday. I'm not straddling shit. And see, what I'm trying to do here for Philly is, and he don't understand it, is that I'm not going to sit here on a Thursday and not debate how to beat a team or how another team can beat you. That's what I'm doing here. And if you can't hear that, and you want to hear a guy talking about how great you are and how great this shit is and how you're better, than, then you go 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 listen to that those, those dumbass shows. I'm talking about... Week one against a really great coached football team against, hey, by the way, the Bill Belichick era in the history of the National Football League, I don't give a shit that it's running out of some steam here. I think they're going to be competitive again. Bill Belichick has the greatest era of coaching in pro football history. Get over it. That is the greatest era of football we have ever seen with some of the best decision-makings of all time. One of the greatest, there were two decisions that he made, he never gets credit for. It's the greatest era. And Keon goes, not since Tom left. Well, let me tell you how that all worked. Bob Kraft gave Drew Bledsoe a $118 million contract. $18 $18 million signing bonus. They draft Brady. All of a sudden, he's watching. He sees him in practice. He's watching. A six-round draft choice. And the first overall player taken in, the highest-paid quarterback is sitting in New England. Happened to be a jet game. Belichick 
goes, we're going to put Brady in. Puts Brady in. Sixth round pick, a Brock Purdy kind of decision. Brady gets hurt. Bledsoe has to go back in. How are you going to stick with the guy, the veteran? No. I'm going with Brady in the Super Bowl. And the rest is history. Can you imagine if Nick Saban had made the right choice to take in Bledsoe? Or excuse me, Drew Brees? Or if other teams had drafted the right quarterback? He did draft him and develop him. Tom Brady cries when he talks about Belichick's influence in his career. That was a decision that he made. He made that decision. He had to go to his owner then and go, we're going to trade Drew Bledsoe. I just gave him $18 million. They trade him to the Bills. (laughs) How many cheating scandals? Deflated footballs never factored into anything. They won three after them. All those scandals you guys talk about, how come they won numerous Super Bowls after every one of those stupid made-up media things? Didn't seem to affect them. The greatest era of pro football in history you're going against. You can't debate it. You can't. You want to hear this? Every year when Brady and Belichick were together, how about this stat, Tone? Every other year that those two were together, they went to the Super Bowl, and that's 20 years. Every other year, they went to the Super Bowl. Never be duplicated. Ever. My week one, power rankings for my quarterbacks. We're going to do that. Mario Cristobal, the head football coach of the Miami Hurricanes, is going to join us at 4.30 Eastern. They have a huge game against Texas A&M, one of the big games this weekend. Texas and Alabama, too. Colorado, Nebraska, those three games are probably your frontline games. We're going to talk to the head coach of the Hurricanes at 4.30 Eastern time. My friends at Hooters, I can't wait to tell you this. Tone and I got something awful special for you tomorrow. We'll let you know a little bit tomorrow, but have your minds right because we're going to be giving some gift certificates away tomorrow, okay? And some merch with our friends at Hooters. The 40th anniversary, we're so excited to do this. So be prepared. All the seven locations in the Northeast area, go to northeasthooters.com to find one of those locations for you to be able to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Hooters with us. By the way, I saw a guy prior to coming on, he was like, this skills, I'm eating a ton of Hooters now. That's right. You can order Hooters online at hooters2go.com and you can have yourself ready for football tonight, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night. There's a good one. Jets and Bills, the official home of all Eagle fans too. And don't forget King of Prussia, Big Seals is going to be rolling around there. We're going to have a great time. Tailgate parties. I can't wait to tell you. Some of the great specials. Buy 10 wings, 10 boneless for free. Wing Wednesdays, one of the great 40-year traditions. 
That's right, 1983, man. That's the year the place was found. Kids eat free on Saturdays. Northeasthooters.com. Find one of the seven locations nearest you for you to enjoy what I've been talking about for just as long, the 40th anniversary of Hooters. And when you go in, do me a favor. You tell them Big Sill sent you. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, got fake a mom. Mama, go, up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles You want to hear that there's a story going around now in Twitter land and out there in the ether I This almost sounds nutty to say Deion Sanders, the next head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I ran this by Michael Irvin last night. Um, Deion Sanders, the head coach 
of the Dallas Cowboys. Does that make sense? He loves he loves having stars. But would Dion take too much of that shine away from him? Would that be too much? Would that be too much for Jerry? Can you imagine the coaching staff Deion Sanders could put together in Dallas? If if he was given the reins and the people that would want to go and play there? See, I don't believe that Deion, and I said this the last couple of days, I don't believe he's going to turn Colorado around. He's just not going to be there long enough. Okay. Oil and water, JM. I think that would be the initial. To, would that be Jimmy and Jerry all over again? But doesn't Jerry need that? Doesn't he need that? Jimmy, when that, that might be. I don't know, man. Someone someone posed this to me and they go, Sills, what do you think of Dion? There's conversation about Deion Sanders. What do you think of Deion being an ex-head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys? You know, three years ago, I'd go, that's absolutely absurd. Today, I'm doing this. No, but I'm pausing. <laughs> Look, who, who said this? Keon goes, pro and college are different. You're missing the point. Deion's a people person. You're missing the point. As usual, Dion motivates everybody. And if you're good at it, you can motivate anybody. Dion just doesn't motivate one type of guy. As interesting as it sounds, I doubt they would be able to deal with each other long enough. But does it matter if it has to be long enough? You're talking about a 90-year-old guy, dude. Does it have to be... Jimmy only lasted five years too, but if you got a couple Super Bowls out of it, wouldn't you want to bow out that way and sail into the sunset having finished the way you started? Plus, it's you got it right there too, 11. It's box office. I mean, it's box office, right? I don't know, man. It's box office. Bottom of the hour, Mario Cristobal, head football coach at Miami Hurricanes, will join us. Um, let me ask you something about Andy Reid before we move on to my power list on quarterbacks here. Was Andy Reid a success in Philadelphia? Was he a success? This, this kind of ties in a little bit with Sirianni here. Was Andy Reid a success? Andy Reid's not a traitor. He was fired. Rob says yes. Yes, but a bunch of letdowns. Kevin wants it both ways. Okay. Absolutely not. No rings. 100%. Well, then how can you say that Nick Sirianni is a success? 
He's not a success yet, is he? How can you call Sirianni a success? He's not yet either. Okay, Mungs were there. Okay. Oh, oh, hey, I get it. So as of right now, though, he's not a success, right? Even though he got to a Super Bowl. Is that right? Nick won more faster. Won what more faster? More games? Oh, okay. So you're going by that success. His one loss record, more so than the playoff record. Is that right? What's Nick in the playoffs here? Let's see. He's two and two, right? What a conference title. Is Nick a success? NFC Championship? Andy's got one when he was here. Or did Andy become a success when he was in Kansas City? And then it kind of accentuated a little bit. Because according to guys like Tone and some of the Philadelphia Eagle fans, that was a complete failure. With massive letdowns. He kept you competitive. Okay. So he's a better version of Marty Schottenheimer? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what you're what you're using as your gauge on what success and failure is, especially when we're talking about Nick. Is it too early to say if Nick is a success or do you think he is now? Because that was the question. Hey, by the way, you had one coach already come out and really not think highly of him. Jonathan Gannon never respected him. Jonathan Gannon never respected him. His actions speak to it. He sabotaged the Super Bowl and he's talking shit on him now. I mean, what more do you need? His actions speak louder than what even his words are right now. You have an assistant coach who never respected him. Am I wrong? I really have you ever heard of a, an assistant coach when Andy was in Philadelphia ever talking shit on him? What, what was there an assistant coach ever do that to Andy when he left and went somewhere else? Weren't all those guys always thankful that they got opportunities to coach with him? I don't ever remember an assistant coach talking shit on Andy Reid ever. I mean, Nick Sirianni, his top coordinator, one of his top coordinators, doesn't really think highly of him, doesn't really think anything of him. Andy was given one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Oh, I see. It plays out for him. But when I bring up Belichick's name, that doesn't apply to Bill, right? Okay. I like how you wobble and move the goalpost on certain guys. You move it here, here for him. You move it here for that. You know, it's not just equal justice when we're talking about certain people. This is kind of where our society is. We look at one person a different way over here, and we'll move the yardsticks just a little bit to make it fit. Just to make it fit, even though both guys have to be evaluated the same way. I want to see Geno do it again. So do I. I want to see Jalen do it again. Not Jalen. He's a superstar. That's not fair. Not right. 
Are you moving the sticks again? I hear everyone say this about Geno Smith. Well, I got to see Geno do it again. I I'm, I agree, but you don't want to. You, you believe Hurts and his success is going to continue to get to another level. So you think coordinators sat on their asses the whole offseason, not trying to defend that guy? You think Bill's not going to come up with a scheme to try to defend him? That's really asinine. Okay? Life isn't fair. (laughs) Oh, but we try to be here. We hold people to the same standards. To me, being elite is going out and carrying a football team on your back when maybe you don't have everybody in the building. Maybe you don't have the best coaching. Maybe you don't have the best defense. Jalen's going to have to carry the team a little bit here. Oh, yeah. Jalen's got to carry the team. Because his defense ain't ready yet. Still in the oven cooking. He's got to carry it a little bit here. He's going to be asked to do more, which means more running. More running early is going to come from him. No one else in the backfield. I like how everybody thinks all of a sudden these backs are going to get 25 or 18 carries. Jalen's going to have the most carries come Sunday night. Mark my words. Look, he's the only successful coach we've had. Yeah. It's the best era of football in Eagle history. Absolutely. Okay. Jalen's gotten better every year from not being very good or not fair, being average to being really good. We'll see what he is this year. Absolutely. I think Josh Allen's gotten great every year. I think the coordinating and the coaching let him down a little bit a year ago in some of his dumb plays. He was stupid all the way to 13 wins, though. (laughs) God knows, man. They cleaned it up. They're undefeated. I got the Bills beating the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I'm not wavering off that. I think McDermott's a good D coordinator. We'll see what he does in his impact on the team. That would be great. So we'll get 4,000 passing because the Eagles will need to come from behind more. No, no, I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if the Eagles are going to be a team playing from behind. I don't see that. I don't believe that that's going to be the case. Hey, I'll put it to you this way. If the Eagles were in the AFC, they would still be the second best team in the league. They might have. Hey, if the Philadelphia Eagles were in the AFC, I would say they have the best roster in the AFC. I don't think there's a ton of great rosters The Chargers have a good one. I think the Jags have a good one. I don't think Kansas City has a good one at all. Without Chris Jones on it, name me another star. They got a guard. Kelsey might not even play tonight. And Mahomes. There's nothing in Kansas City that makes me go like this. The kid they got from Purdue a year ago, Galifakis or whatever his name is, he's not bad. The kid they got from Pitt, we'll see. 
I, but I don't see, I don't, I don't see Kansas City having a better roster than the 49ers or the Eagles. Do you? I, I just don't see that. The Browns may have a the Browns have a good roster. Miles Garrett is a Hall of Famer. They got an all-pro guard in there, too. They got a pretty good offensive line. They got the second best offensive line coach. Watson's got to play his ass off. They got great wideouts and they got a great back. That's a good looking roster. I don't think Buffalo has shit. Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and no running back. I don't know. A quarterback in Buffalo has to carry that team. I think they're better personnel on defense in Buffalo than on offense. I mean, Alex, right, I'm talking roster here. Mahomes and Reed clearly showed you the difference, especially when you had a coordinator not prepared for the game like you did in Jonathan Gannon. Can you imagine going against Andy Reid in a Super Bowl and you're not prepared or care? You got what you deserved, and I don't mean the players. That coach. That coach doesn't want to take the blame for the Super Bowl loss. He wants them to. Not him. You got beat because people weren't in the same boat rowing in the same direction. That is so criminal. As a player that you have to have everything going in the right way. Everything has to roll the right way. Everything has to have breaks. And I'll tell you something about Hertz here that I heard Joe Namath say the other day. Let me tell you the difference between great quarterbacks and quarterbacks like Brady. Brady took advantage of every opportunity given to him to make a difference in a game. I don't ever remember Tom Brady playing shitty in a game that mattered. He took, that's what Jalen's doing. He's taking advantage of every opportunity that's being given to him. Not every quarterback does that. Takes every, Justin Herbert had an opportunity to be a difference maker in that Jaguar game. Didn't get it done. Aaron Rodgers has had multiple opportunities in conference title games. Outside of winning that Super Bowl, to be the difference maker in a game. He didn't take advantage of it. There are certain guys, they may not be more talented than you. Okay? That may not be more talented than you, but they take advantage of it. How many guys do you know? Better salesmen, better home builders, better anything. But yet you have been given an opportunity and you taking advantage of every opportunity that was given to you, and you're further along. That's why certain people are further along, and that's why guys sit at home going, how is he ahead of me? Because people took advantage of opportunities. Jalen took advantage of the opportunity given to him when he went into the portal and went to Oklahoma, did he not? Jalen's taken advantage of the opportunity that was given to him when he was drafted in a second round by the Eagles. Has he not? 
Jalen has been given an opportunity to be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, has he not? To a point where now he's one of the top paid guys in pro football. Keon doesn't get it. You mean to tell me you think Peyton Manning took advantage of every opportunity he had? Or Drew Brees? In the games that you could make a difference in? Why is your record 9-8? and eight? Why is Brady 35-14? and 14? Brady's not the most skilled player that ever played a position, but he's a guy that took advantage of every single opportunity that was presented to him. That was that would that was given to him. That's the difference between winning, that's winners and losers. If you think Kansas City loses tonight, I do. Doesn't matter though. I don't believe they're going back to the uh, Super Bowl. I don't think they have the personnel on that football team to get back to the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, I could see the Lions winning by 10 tonight. Who plays defense for them? Why? Because they beat you? Because they beat you? You know, let me say this to you, man. I had a, I had a um, conversation last night with Michael Irvin. And I was talking to Michael Irvin last night. We were talking about this game this weekend with Texas A&M. And he goes, Sills, do you remember that Oklahoma game, 85? I go, yeah. He goes, what was the thing that was the tone setter in that? I said this. Jimmy Johnson had been used to getting his face kicked in by Oklahoma. And I'm not sure they believed that we could win that game. And when we went into Memorial Stadium, broke Aikman's leg, beat the piss out of that team in front of their fans, that's when it galvanized the entire program. That's when it was a catapult of a game that sent us on our way as a unit. For the last 20 years, that football team has not been connected. We brought a guy in that's going to connect this thing. And I think this weekend, this is, this is about belief. I want to bring my friend, and I want to bring the head of the University of Miami in here, Mario Cristobal. And Mario, you know, I, we were talking last night about that game, and it was that, you know, Jimmy had come over from Oklahoma State and – he believed we had the talent, but when you see it and you have the blind faith, I always thought that that was a tone setter for him for the rest of his time moving on because we, 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 we showed we, we, were, we were here together. I mean, coaching staff and also players. I mean, 
are we getting there now where people are buying into what you're telling them? Because again, it's blind faith, Mario. Well, first of all, it's great to see you, brother. I appreciate you having me on here. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this actually earlier. Um, actually, Gino Toretta was by practice today, ran into a couple other guys earlier this week. And, um, you know, you think of all the great teams that have been here before, we've had a chance to play for and be coached by unbelievable staffs. And the key to all that stuff was always the people, man. You know, competitors, relentless dogs that just love ball and couldn't live without football, just couldn't live without the competitive nature, the grind, the opportunity to go out every Saturday and get something done. And there's a lot of progress in this program right now towards that, you know, and, and coming in, uh, coming in last year, that was, you know, when you identify things, okay, you know, I've been away for 20 years, 25 years to be exact. And this has always been right. What it's always been the vision, the dream to be able to be part of it again. And that was uh, the biggest thing in identifying and assessing what does Miami, what do we have to do as a program, as alumni, as a university, is we got to bring it all together and connect it with high, high, high level competitors and human beings that will stop at nothing uh, to be the best. And so there's a lot of progress. Um, Towards that, uh, there's been some some really large steps towards not only from a talent acquisition standpoint, but a culture standpoint, a work ethic standpoint, a standard standpoint. And the best part about it, there's an appetite to keep going. And so uh, we're excited for the right reasons, not in a false hope, not a BS kind of way. We're excited because we see we see it. It's coming together. It's on a track now. The trajectory is going this way. We just got to keep getting better. That's all. We just got to keep getting better. So I hope that that's a long answer to a short question. But No, no. I, I mean, because you basically have done, and I think it kind of flew under the radar. You kind of did what Dion did. You had to go in there, and in my opinion, and no disrespect to anybody, but you can't give out scholarships like you're giving out library cards. I mean, one thing that you and I knew when we were there, you know, it's funny when people go, hey, you had a four-year scholarship to Miami. I go, no, I had one-year renewables, and I had to sit down with Jimmy Johnson and Butch and Dave every year, and they go, no, you're good. We're good with you, and everybody was accountable, and if you weren't, it wasn't the place for you, and the expectations. So from year one, Mario, to where you are now, what is the biggest difference that you see in that program. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done from when you first walked in the doors and took the job? Well, I think I see a, a big difference on, on all floors, the locker room itself, because you have higher, you've been able to recruit some high caliber guys and in different parts, right. In different ways, building this roster, some transfer portal, uh, some junior college, some high school, right. Some within the program growing some walk-ons that have done really well. So 
you see a massive change there. And, and the biggest thing that does is there's legitimate competition in several areas. Not all of them yet. We're not there yet. We're not. But you see the level of competition being legitimate, being real, and it's driving performance. It's driving work ethic at a lot of those positions. That's contagious. And then the second part, you see, you know, Miami's always been really, really good when it had, it was just, just made up of people that want to be here, that love being here. And that's what you see on the other floors, you know, with in terms of the coaching staff, the GAs, the analysts, you know, for them, Miami is, is that job, is that career opportunity. They see it like we do, you know? And so that, that's a strong combination. And that leads to one where like when everybody's rolling in the same, you know, in the same direction, the same way, that's when you start seeing better connection. That's when you start seeing people start to build relationships in the right kind of way. And all of a sudden, um, things just start improvement and being around each other is something that you become addicted to. And so we're seeing a lot of that happen. You know, Mario, I, I, I know you have such a tough job today because, you know, back in our day, Jerome and I aren't coming out for anybody, man. I'm not rotating for anybody. But today, because of the transfer portal, you got to play kids, man. And because those kids will jump back in the portal, you'll have to re-recruit your own players that you bring into the joint. I mean, then you have NIL. You have all of this stuff now. The local kids now, because of a certain coach I won't name back in the day, fired Don Solinger, and they opened these pipelines. Now there's other programs in South Florida. It is such a task that you have. I mean – are you reconnecting with all of those pipelines that we once had? And how are you navigating through the current landscape or the college landscape? Because NIL, transfer portal, I mean, that was no factor when Jimmy was recruiting or Howard or Dennis or them guys. Now it's a major factor in recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's free agency reign supreme. But yeah, I, I honestly think this, I thought we were coached awesome. I thought they were hard on us. They were tough with us. It was tough love, but it was real. There was no BS. And that was the ultimate form of respect. And so no matter what, we had the right guys in the locker room. And I know there's NIL. I know there's all these things going on, the transfer portal and whatnot, but I don't think you can change that. I think if you have to change the way you coach, you weren't coaching the right way to begin with. You know? I mean, it takes care of itself, right? If guys are going to seek an opportunity somewhere else because they feel they should play more, um, I, I – I get it, but all right, recruit another player that's even better and that is willing to develop and compete. Because the word development used to be an awesome word for us, right? That was a great word in the vocabulary of a football player in a football program. The word development is like a scary word for some people like because it takes time. Development takes time, and we live in the day and age of instantaneous gratification. And football is not like that. Football, right? Football is the one sport you can't jump from high school to the NFL. Right, not in not in our place. Not, <laughs> yeah, that ain't, that ain't yeah. happening at our place, man. You're not, you're not jumping ahead of anybody at our place, man. You got. I look behind me, man. I had Cortez Kennedy, Russell Maryland, cool. Jimmy Jones, and all them dudes behind me, man. And Ed Ogeron reminded me that the other day. He goes, man, one one of the greatest defensive tackle positions I've ever seen in my life was when you guys, you and Jerome, started that whole thing, and all those guys used to come in. I, I put that out there on Twitter, you know, the comment that he made that Jerome and I started it. And there was a standard 
And I like this kid, 56, dude. I think this kid looks like he's a player. Leonard Williams, that's his name? I, I, I like I'm him, man. It looks like he's got a little bit in him here, man. And it looks like he's one of them old school kind of kids. The, the, the D-line is shaping up nicely. These guys are working really hard. Uh, you know, we, uh, we've really incorporated. The, it was a very different uh, practice regiment that we brought in, the blueprint that we brought in. It's like what we used to do back then. Your one-on-ones, your two-on-twos, your five-on-fours. Inside. And, and then middle drill, right? Middle drill, which, come on now. The whole <laughs> – everyone knows you're running the ball. Everyone's back is going to be – your pad level is going to be that low. Flat backs coming off the ball. And so – and then we also had another drill that you, I think you really like, block destruction, which is like block recognition, but full speed, full throttle. So you've got a down block, a double team, a backside scoop, a frontside reach, and – and those guys get to play off each other and work pad level, technique, hands, toughness. You know, they get into it pretty good. So there's we see a lot of development uh, along the trenches on both sides. And then we 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 still need to we need another wave, two waves of just big, explosive, talented body types with the right mentality, right? You know how it is. You gotta love it to be in there now. Love it. Absolutely. You know, Mario, we used to sit there and there'd be Barry Switzer, there'd be Joe Paterno, there'd be Lou Holtz and Terry Donahue, they're watching our spring practices and they're just looking at us going, how are these guys playing so hard? And I used to tell Terry, Terry Donahue, I don't want the guy behind me taking my gig. I, go, <laughs> I mean, that to me, my toughest games were not on Saturdays. My toughest games were Monday through Friday. Hell, you know that too, man. We had, hey, people don't realize this, the rock's coming on. Do you know one of the greatest rivalries in the history of the University of Miami is Mario Cristobal versus Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> These two dudes would go after each other. They won't say it publicly because I asked The Rock the other day. I go, did you guys? He goes, oh, man, every day, man, me and him would go after one another. <laughs> hey, Mario won't say it too much, man, but he, he, he and I, man, it was a great rivalry between you two. It was just the whole the whole setup of practice, man. I remember I remember being a freshman. I remember when you guys were I remember coming to practice as when I was in high school and and going, okay, I committed. Your brother was there. Yeah, he was. And I just remember, okay, I committed, I signed. I go, can I even compete with these dudes? These guys are absolute <laughs> monsters. And I go to locker room and kind of try to meet you guys after. And I'm looking at you guys, you know. You're loading up five plates for reps of fives and sixes on the bench, and I'm like, this ain't this is gonna be rough. Um, but yeah, the battles, the battles were incredible. It was it, it felt like you were preparing for a game when you went to practice, when you went to middle drill, particularly. You've spent all stretch time thinking about middle drill. Oh, yeah. The whole time. The whole your, time. your career was basically gauged on, and, and that's what I want these kids to get back to that. It's what you do, obviously, on Saturday, but what you do Monday through Friday is going to determine how much reps you get on Saturday. Your career is defined in the week. Your legend at Miami is defined on Saturdays. That's who you are. Mario, two last questions for you. I know you got to run. A&M, give me your takeaway from what you see. Obviously, a lot of talent there with Jimbo Fisher bringing in. It's an SEC program. I think you guys had the game. You know, I think to me, tell me I'm wrong. I think the Canes guys walked off the field going, I think we let one get away from us a year ago. I mean, do they have that kind of mentality going into this? Just give me your takeaway from it. Well, I think what you saw with two teams last year, probably both teams feel the same way that, uh, you know, we, we left a lot on the table. 
that, you know, because we left some stuff on the table with so today and we don't look back at last year much. I, I think it's two very different operations. Um, so we just dive into studying them and then assessing what we are. And we know we're a vastly improved team and, and we look at them and they're they're loaded. Right. Let's call it what it is. They've recruited at the highest level for several years and they are two and three deep in the trenches and outside uh, with awesome football players that are playing at a high level. And this, are, this is why all of us choose to play college football, to be able to take on challenges like this and prepare and go in there and, and prepare like like, you know, like the way we were prepared back in the day. And we have an opportunity to play a, a great SEC opponent right here at home. So our fans are fired up about it. Our players are fired up about it. Um, this will be one of those just knock them, sock them, you know, slug it out type of games. And uh, we we tra- have a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Fisher and that program. You interview me for, before any game, I'm going to say pretty much the same stuff. But I acknowledge also the, you know, some of the particulars that, yeah, we, uh, we've seen them play a lot. And they're extremely impressive. Absolutely. I'm just going to give you a little hint to tell you what Michael Irvin's working on with Dion, and I'm going to text you, you know, 2024, 2025 around the corner. And I don't know, you know, we might have to hook one up there a little bit. <laughs> we may have, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, Mike said it to me last night. I said, all right, I'm going to say this. I'll just leave you with this, man. Can you imagine my group today with NIL? Man, I'd have 14 big sales pizzerias from, from West Palm Beach down to the Keys, they'd be Big Sills Pizzas. <laughs> you would, you would, you would have retired at thirty-one. Done, <laughs> over with, man. And the best part about it is, all of us would have like half-off discount cards, and we'd be killing it. And you'd have to sell it before it went under because of all the pizza we'd be taking. <laughs> Absolutely, hey Mario. You know I love you so much, and I, I'm, I'm so proud though. of what you've accomplished, and. I know you got the big shovel out and you're digging for gold right now. And you're going to put, and I, I believe what Greg Olson says, if you can't do it, nobody can. It's just not, you're going to make it happen though. And it starts this weekend. I so look forward to it. Good luck to you, my friend. And I can't wait for it to happen. Go Canes, man. I appreciate you, brother. Love you, man. Take good care of yourself. All right. You got it. Mario Cristobal, head football coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Man, love the guy. Can't wait for this weekend. My top 10. My top 10. Big sales quarterbacks in the NFL. We're going to do that. But speaking of grub, speaking of grub, okay? Hooters, 40th anniversary. We are so excited to be saying this to you. And don't forget, me and Tone got something special for you when it comes to gift certificates and merchandise tomorrow, Okay. So many great things are going to happen tomorrow for one of you or a couple of you guys tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. But again, man, with all the great footballs tonight, you got Lions and Chiefs, 40th anniversary. Go to NortheastHooters.com, log on, find one of the seven locations. You'll experience what I've been talking about now for 40 years. You can also order online. You can have Hooters2Go.com. Get your grub, go back to your crib and watch the games. Tonight, Saturday. Or you can go into any one of the locations, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. That's Tuesday. Wednesdays is Wing Wednesdays, 1983 All You Can Eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. The beer specials, the happy hour specials. Six items, six bucks. Simple as that, right? 
Go to northeasttutors.com to find one of the seven locations nearest you. When you go in, do me a favor. You tell them Big Sill sent you. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods score and save at southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety covering green for the birds and if you join our winter watch team we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all keep your tiles on your pool not in your pool fly with Colony right now birds fans visit flywithcolony.com Why are they bringing back Sippos and Crash Dummy, who's your kick returner? So they didn't want to upgrade those positions? I would take a nobody. The way they have nobodies. You're not winning special teams against New England with those shit dudes. You're not. They're not very good. I mean, do, hey, do you think you improved your special teams this year? Yes or no? And did it cost you in the Super Bowl? Yes. No. So you decided not to do anything on defense. Or excuse me, on special teams. You decided to do nothing. Nothing. 
because you thought your unit was good. You're the worst special teams outside of your place kicker in the NFL. Hey, Tone's right. Special teams is worse this year. They're worse in a position that cost you in the Super Bowl. Hey, they're worse, yes? Do you believe your special teams unit? There's three areas of football, defense, offense, and don't you think you need like a good punter when your defense is still in the oven and you're trying to cook it and mature it? That's a bad unit. That's going to cost you Sunday. I didn't say the game, but that's going to cost you. You watch. You watch. It'll be two games in a row cost you. Hopefully it doesn't cost you a win. You, you, you're, so New England has the better coaching and the better special teams and arguably the better defense. So you have the better offense. That's a given. So New England owns two of the three areas of football. Interesting. Uh, Senor, you don't have a better unit than New England. They brought all their veteran NFL guys back. You have spare change at linebacker and safety. They don't have any of those players. They brought every guy back and added players. How are you better than New England when you lost five of your top tacklers? How are you better? What, because you saw him play against Vanderbilt? Arguably, no, you're right. Arguably, no, New England's better. You have a better pass rusher. I think Slay's toast. I said it. I I don't I think he's toast. And I'll say it one more time to you. Stefan Gilmore's a better player. And the Cowboys have a better secondary than you. That's not arguable. Their safety's got an all-pro in the safety position. And they got an all-pro corner. And the other guy was the NFL player of the year. (laughs) I mean, not much. You're right. There's no arguing. Okay? So New England has the best special teams of the game on Sunday. The better defense, you have the offense and they have the better coaching. And you think this is a blowout. Jalen Hurts has to carry this football team on Sunday. That offense has to carry this football team. You're not good on special teams. So let me get this right. Say you have a three and out and your punter shanks it. Gives Mac Jones the ball on the 50. And they have to go short field. Say he does that twice. Do you think that improves their chances of winning the game? Yes or no?
Philip goes, Belichick says that Jalen is top two or three quarterbacks in the NFL. Boy, I'll tell you what, man. You buy right into that Lou Holtz bullshit coach stuff. Man, I don't care about that stuff. I don't give a shit about that. False information on all five guys in the O-line are starting Sunday. You want to bet? You want to bet all five Patriot linemen start? Ah, one guy may be on the IR. I thought he was. He's not. Oh, yeah, they're all banged up there. <laughs> okay. I I don't think it's a strong unit, but we'll see. And I don't think you have a strong run defense. You haven't for two years. We'll see. You're the one buying the Gannon information. Buying what when a guy calls out your coach and says the only reason that the Eagles are where they are and Jalen's where he is is because he took and suggested he give the play-calling assignment to Shane Steichen. He said it. That's not buying into it. He said it, Gannon. You see, Senor's trying to make it seem that I said it. Jonathan Gannon said that. I can't coach. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. What do you think I should do, Jonathan? Why don't you just give the play calling over to Shane? You know? Yeah, that's a great idea. Thank you. You saved my career. And Jalen's. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Even if that was true, why would you say it publicly? Do I believe Gannon? No. No. But I believe Gannon had no respect for you. In his efforts showed in the Super Bowl. Get this, it doesn't matter if I believe Gannon or not. Gannon had no respect for the head coach or the players in the building. Gardner Johnson tried telling you that. You shit on him. And you bought into that BS that the Eagle PR department was putting out there. How they shit on Angelo in his final show because Sirianni was supposed to come on. He said that here too on the show. Remember? Angelo goes, yes, Sirianni was supposed to come on because I was giving Gannon the business. He wouldn't come on. You had a coach that was backstabbing him the whole time. Can you imagine the shit he was talking behind his back? He's not a very good coach. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, that's what he was saying. No one has respect for Gannon. Nick Sirianni did. Nick Sirianni did. As a matter of fact, that entire organization backed him. All of those, get this. You know what? You know, I'll give my boy Tone credit here because you know what Tone said to me about, I don't know, it was a couple months after the Super Bowl when this whole tampering thing it was around the draft. This is not gossip. This is what he, this is not gossip. He said it. 
I'll give Tone credit because this was around the draft. Tone said this to me. It was one of the shows before we went on, Tone. You go, that story's not being covered enough, the tampering and how the Eagles were going out and how he was going. I remember he did a podcast. I think he did Chris Long's podcast. And he answered it a certain way. It was like they came up with this script that the Eagle organization was going to have and how they answered it. No, I know it was, it was Mike Florio. It was Florio's podcast. That's it. And he was talking to Mike Florio and he was answering it like that. It turns out that was true. I don't know why the Eagles had to deal with the penalty on it. That thing is as fishy as it gets. Yeah. Tone goes, Howie was talking like he was on the witness stand. I thought he was talking like he was in witness protection. Okay. That's one of the very few failures. You know, you can't call it, watch this, you can't call it a failure. You got a head coaching job in the NFL. Howie and Jalen, Howie, Jalen Hurts, and the players in Philadelphia got Jonathan Gannon that job that he doesn't deserve. <sighs> That's what pisses me off. Okay? You gave that job to that guy over a guy like Eric Bieniemy who's been waiting and in line and keep getting pushed to the back of the bus for that. That's where you come back and you do this shit. Wait a minute. You elevate that thing and you push that thing in a demotion or a lateral move. No wonder black coaches go, really? I mean, right? How do you elevate that with tampering charges, him talking shit on the coach, and Eric B. Enemy's got to take a lateral move to Washington? And not if you're black and a black assistant coach not doing this. Where's the Rooney rule? Does it matter? If you're a black assistant, how do you know? Do See, it's easy for white guys to talk about black problems. You know why? We don't walk in their shoes. But when you see shit like that, and you're white or black, man, you got to know the difference between right and wrong. You can't ignore racism on that. You cannot. I'm not saying black coaches aren't getting elevated, but I'm saying more white guys get more opportunities who do the lesser jobs. And because he came from the Eagle organization, it was a boost to him getting that job. And he used it to his advantage. Bears goes, being a criminal is not a black problem. It's a morality problem. I disagree with you 100% because if Andy Reid signs off on him and says he's a quality guy and Patrick Mahomes says the same thing, and he's done a great job with his life the last 20 years. I'm all for people with second chances. And for that matter, so is your general manager. That's what Howie says. Everyone deserves a second chance. 
So does Eric Bieniemy. But most people talk about rehabilitation. They, they say they support it, but a guy like this dude right here, Bear, doesn't. He, he doesn't believe in the guy redeeming himself. You don't believe in people like, you know, making amends and doing the right thing and paying their debt to society and going on and doing the right thing in life because you don't believe in second chances. That's okay. There's a ton of you out there. Not my kind of person, but hey. Leave everybody deserves an opportunity. That's a great question. That's a great question. So wait a minute here. Real quick here. So Nick Boza just got $34 million annually. You got to think that Chris Jones is going to get $35 million annually. What do you think Michael Parsons is going to make? Thirty-six. What should Reddit make next year? Will they even offer him? Power Hour. I want to get to my top ten. Quarterbacks, we do it each week, our power rankings for the week. As we head into tonight, game one, Lions and Chiefs. I can't wait. We'll take a look at the first week of the NFL, make our picks. By the way, there's some outstanding college quarterback talent going into the NFL draft this coming April. I mean it, man. Ton of stuff to hit on. Please hit the like button. Power hour coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. Greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. 
but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Just got a really great. Facebook from a friend, Lamar Thomas's folks. I don't know if you guys remember Lamar Thomas played wide receiver with the Miami Dolphins and was a um, um, member of the Miami Hurricanes when I was down there. He was a young buck. He's one of my guys. And there's certain people I do shows for and there's certain people I don't. Because you know, I'm like Carton, you know, sometimes you get ambushed in this shit and I refuse to do shows anymore. I don't do interviews. I turned down a sh- an interview to do one for the LA Weekly. I'm not doing any of that shit. I don't do any of that stuff. Okay. I, I pick and choose stuff today because I don't need it. I, I, I don't need it. I'm not going to make a name off me because you want to throw me under the bus for some reason. But I thought this was great. Lamar's like this. A great show last night. I went on with my friends. Um, you had Gary and Lamar Thomas and Stitches just watched the interview with Mario Cristobal. We just had him on last hour. It almost made me cry. We are so effing overdue for a signature win, and it needs to happen Saturday. I just hope it so much. But that interview, once again, listening to you and how you talk about the program almost made me cry. Yeah, man, because you have passion for something. Everyone knows that. Let me tell you something. Eagle fans think I'm hard on you. It's because I love you. I don't give a shit about 90% of the people on the planet. But when I take time to talk about something, it's because I give a shit. Dude, the best way to completely make somebody feel small, ignore them. Ignore them. And I do. I cut people off so quick you have no idea. You have no idea, despite my own self sometimes. A little bit of Jerry Jones and Jimmy and me, maybe. Okay? Dude, I talk about you more than anything in my life right now. Outside of my family when I'm off the air. That means I give a shit. Okay, I care. You should hear me go in on my canes, man. You kidding me? You think I left that football? Hey, it's who I am. You think I'm happy with what the hell's going on down there? You would be massively wrong. 
You think I cheerlead? You'd be wrong. I have lost a job because of how I got thrown off campus because of that piece of shit Al Golden. I think you're a great fan base. I do. By the way, don't get this twisted. I'm not an Eagle fan. I like the way they do business. I'm a U fan. I'm a U fan. Dude, I invest in people, not teams. You see, Skip Bayless and some of these other guys, they invest in objects. LeBron, Lakers, Cowboys. You know, I, I invest in people. You can have a secretary, but if you don't have the right jockey, Ron Turcott, that horse ain't getting home. Never invest in the horse. Always invest in the jockey, which is people. You don't invest in widgets. You invest in people. Crazy how people look at shit. Silio's talking shit on us. Silio's saying this about Jalen. Yeah, because I give a shit. (laughs) Not because I don't. I choose to do this. I'm not made to do this. I don't have to do this. One thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on here. So Matt Nagy tonight, how much are we going to see with, do you think we see an impact with Eric Bieniemy not being on the sidelines for the Kansas City Chiefs tonight? Do you think we're going to see any letdown? From the Chiefs. Now, we could see some letdown because Kelsey may not be playing. Okay? We may not be. There could be a letdown. But do you, do you think we see any kind? Matt Maggie. I haven't done it in a long time, right, Nathan? You think we see any, any kind of, like, letdown tonight? Hey, Sills, I never... Had a dog in the race when it comes to Miami Hurricane success, but your passion makes me root for them. I feel invested in the, their success through you. That's kind, man. Thank you, Tone. The Tone's been rooting for Temple a long time. I mean, <laughs> hey, Tone's been rooting for Temple, so I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, sorry, Rob. <laughs> Hey, I get it, man. <laughs> that man, you just got to understand something about that Hurricane Nation, man, and them brothers down there of mine. It's the greatest class lesson I ever had in my life. Man, I had one black guy. Hey, hey, Tone, everyone, I had one black guy in my high school, I think. Maybe one. All Catholic, Italian kids, you know. 
All Italian kids. Well, some would say anyway, you know, right? Okay. And I get down there, man. The funniest thing ever happened. And I think I've told some of you the story. I get down there. I got three black roommates. I'd never been with, with a black guy. I got three black roommates. Jerome Brown. Um, Donnie Ellis. Who was the other? Who was the other one? Maurice Maddox, I think it was. So Jerome was in there. I walk into Jimmy's office and I go, he goes, what's your problem? I go, well, I mean, you know, all the other guys, you know, he goes, what other guys? I go, well, do you have some guy, you know, he goes, what's your problem? I go, he goes, what's your problem? Oh, I got it. You got a problem being with three black guys? I went, no. He went and told Jerome. So um, did I have a lesson to be learned? <laughs> oh, it was the greatest education of my entire life. I'll never change that for nothing. It was the greatest course that I ever took. Being around those guys being involved with them, learning other cultures, learning that it wasn't just about this or that. It's why we love each other to this day. It's the greatest thing I ever had happen in my life. It, is, it, it wasn't so much just on the field. You know when they say it's a Canes thing? That's totally what it was right there too. I mean, oh, I never, hey, Nathan, no, no, no. <laughs> Hey, Nathan, I was doing I, – I, I, I was shaving hair after a while. It was my job for a year for my penance. Okay. Oh, man. Then he goes, put your jersey on. So I get my jersey. My, he goes, we got to wear a jersey. We're going to Overtown in Liberty City. I was like, okay, now what is this? And so he goes, just trust me. We're going over, we're going to overtime in Liberty City. Um, still change cultures by being kicked out of one school after another. Yeah. Because nobody could handle me except Miami. Yeah. And I left there an All-American. Yeah. True. I was a handful. Don't you understand what Jimmy comes on and says? I lived on the edge. Unfortunately, my friend lived on the edge and it cost him his life. You're right, Quan. We all lived on the edge. Yeah. Guilty. Guilty, Quan. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Threw a guy out of a window. Yeah. Got kicked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only one guy, two guys, really. Barry Switzer, of course, and Jimmy. True. Quan once again nailed it. He shows us he can Google. Congratulations to you. Bears goes outside of sports talk, Dan. 
you do seem like a really good guy. I try to be bear. I try. Hey, 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 bear. I try to be better. And I, I think because my daughter, she's made me better. She's made me better. Uh, Danny, are you in the you documentaries? You bet I am. I'm into you one bunch of times. My daughter goes like this. Oh my God. There's my father. There's my father right there at a press conference in a uh, Hell's Angels jacket. Yeah. Yep. Greasy goes intense. That whole place was intense. You brag about throwing a dude out of a window. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Bragging. No, not when my aunt and my grandmother were crying there in Bobby Ross's office. No. I would have never have left Maryland. No. Bragging? No. I no, there's no bragging on that. I, I don't recommend that for anybody. You have to have some character in your life. There's no bragging. It's who I am. If you call that bragging, that's how you see it. I'm just telling you who I am. First story, true. <laughs> In the snow. All right, let me get to this here. My big sills, top 10 quarterbacks. My week one, big sills, Quarterbacks. Are you ready? And do me a favor. And and this... Love you too, Quan. And, and this goes to Tone even. I don't want any tears for fears. No crying. I don't want any kind of moaning. Okay? You know, here, I'm having a wipe, you know... I don't need any of it. Okay? No crying. Say it with me. Say it, you pancake eating. No crying. Okay. My top 10 big sills quarterbacks for week one of the National Football League. Number 10, I have Jared Goff here. You told me this two years ago. I'd laugh you out of the room. I'd laugh you off my show. I did not believe this guy. I thought this guy. Do you know what this guy has done in Detroit? They had a chance of drafting a quarterback in the first round. They drafted a linebacker. Okay, they drafted a linebacker and a running back because this guy's done such a great job up there. And get this. I'd rather have Jared Goff right now as my starting quarterback on my team than Matthew Stafford, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather have him as your starting quarterback than Stafford? Right? I'd rather have him as a... 
I'd, I'd rather have him as my starting quarterback. Jalen, Belichick says Jalen is one of the top two quarterbacks. <laughs> you like coach speech too, huh, Philip? Those guys are just right. Here's Lou Holtz doing this shit to us. Those Miami Hurricane guys, they're just the greatest players I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything. Wow, holy shit. A silly old Brown. They're like Millen and Clark. Oh, they have never seen unbelievable talent. And Lou, you're 11 and 0. <laughs> I mean, Holtz used to, hey, hey, Tone, Eric, Tone, he used to go like this, Lou Holtz. That's that Miami team, man. These guys get first rounders every. Unbelievable, unbelievable great. Holy cow, dude, your Notre Dame team's 11 and 0. <laughs> it's not like you have sorry ass guys on your team. I mean, like this guy, I don't know how we're going to compete. He would do this shit, and Jimmy would just start laughing at him. I don't know, man. We're just going to really have a tough day. This is going to be one of the toughest days we've ever played against Miami. I can't. And Jimmy Johnson come into media and go, they are 11 and 0. <laughs> I mean, Lou, you're making it sound like you're 6 and 5. You're 11 and 0. Uh, these guys are the greatest guys I've ever. I've never seen talent. Speed everywhere. Just, you have Jerome Bettis. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you have Jerome Bettis on your team. It's good. We're all right here, right? Oh, all right. Number Dan did eighteen BA brackets on a guy, my man. Not sure what that is. Number nine of the Big Seals Week One Top Ten Quarterback List. Dak is back. I guess I couldn't find any anybody better. I got him at nine. You know, for everybody saying that he really hasn't had playoff success, there's a ton of quarterbacks in the NFL that haven't had a ton of. Playoff success yet. And your boys two and two. So we'll see. We'll see if Jalen has a winning record when everything is said and done in the playoffs. That's yet to be determined because he doesn't yet. Okay? We'll see. Your boy Hurts doesn't have a winning record in the playoffs. So we'll see if that works. Okay? We'll see. If he has a winning record in the playoffs when everything's said and done. Number eight. Lamar Jackson. Baltimore Ravens. Going to the bowl, right? No, you're not. You're getting beat by the Cowboys in the NFC title game. I got the Cowboys and Bills and Bills winning the Super Bowl. We'll see what – hey, I didn't know that there was a problem with the Baltimore Ravens offense. We'll see, okay? There's supposed to be this new upgrade, but we shall see. Number seven on the Big Sills, week one, quarterback rank.
Are you ready? I can't believe I'm going to say this. So, so far, I got golf 10, Dak 9, Lamar Jackson 8. Here's the seventh. This is crazy. From the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers, four-time NFL Super or MVP, excuse me, one-time Super Bowl champion. Last time I looked, Twiz, right, two and two is not a winning record. Hurts is two and two counting the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo's five and two counting the Super Bowl. Great. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo's five and two. Hey, Barb. Jimmy Garoppolo is five and two. You give that to him too, right? Garoppolo's five and two. I believe in the postseason. Number six. On the Big Sills, week one quarterback rankings. From the Jacksonville Jaggy Wires, Trevor Lawrence. I really like him. I think he's, I want to see it again. I want to see him continue to get better. I really loved what I saw with him last year. I really did. Okay. I got Trevor Lawrence number six. Now, We're moving in to the top five. Week one, Big Sills quarterback rankings. At number five, who do you think is at number five? The fifth quarterback. The fifth quarterback on the Big Sales Week 1 power rankings for quarterbacks is Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers. Got to win a postseason game, kid. You got to win a postseason game. You got to beat significant quarterbacks. You know what I mean? You got you to win. I get you have to play that kid Mahomes twice, but you got to win games, kid. You got to win some games. Number four. 
Week one, Big Sills quarterback rankings, top 10. From the city of brotherly love, Jalen Hurts. I got Jalen Hurts ranked ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. He's not a better quarterback than him. But I don't even know why I did that. I don't know why. Here's one of the reasons, too. It's hard to root against this kid. And you don't want to root against them. You're pulling for him. You're totally pulling for him. Okay? And the, the, probably the real reason is because he's had one year starting, really, with good football. The other year was decent. Wouldn't write home about it. It's one good year of not great numbers, but a whole totality of it. Okay? Running, throwing. I get it. It's actually hard to evaluate him. But hard hard to root against him. It's just you can't root against him. It's like impossible. You, you know, I... Watch this, Aaron Rodgers. Do I kind of root against him? He, he's a dick. He's kind of trying to change his opinion and his perception of how you look at him. Why? Because I think he's preparing for his life after football. And he's trying to bullshit you and me. And I don't buy it. I think he's who he is. His family hates his guts. His brother and his mother and father won't talk to him. Now, I'm not saying that's an indictment on everything he does. Maybe his parents and his family are assholes. I don't know. I don't know him well enough to say. I don't know. But, man, I see. I hear more people say more negative things, and now all of a sudden, because of hard knocks, some reality television show changed your opinion on Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> really? Are you that easily swayed? I mean, are, you, you, know, you know what people like? That are that get swayed like that, they're sheep. You're easily bullshitted. So you think one season of hard knocks changed your opinion of Aaron Rodgers? I hear people saying that shit all the time. I'm like this. How are you like changing your opinion on 17 years and how that guy's acted in Green Bay? Now he's a great teammate. Now he's a good dude. Yeah, because he's on the back nine of his NFL career. Right? Right, Nathan, right? Guy was a bitch in Green Bay. Now all of a sudden he's hey guys, let's let's go out to the movies. Hey, let's go see a play. Hey, let's go out and hang out and get Italian ice. Hey, let's go get an Italian pretzel. Hey, let's go do some stuff at MGM at the Madison Square Garden. Come on, guys. Let's go see cats together. <laughs> I think cats is a play, right? Hey, come on, let's go see Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> I hear Aaron Rodgers is taking all these guys out, and he's like, hey, there's a great play going on right now. 
Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, the Fiddler on the Roof is playing. Hey, let's go see that that one. What's that one thing they got? Uh, Hamilton. I'll get the tickets. It's kind of expensive. I got Dave Chappelle. Well, wait. They kind of shunned Dave Chappelle. Chappelle, I love Dave Chappelle, by the way. And um, Chappelle had tickets. They took them away from him. So you don't want to go to Chappelle. Okay. I love Italian ice too, Barb. My grandpa, grandma, and I used to go. My aunt, we used to go get Italian ice all the time. I love good Italian. Hey, does Philly have good Italian ice? Does Philly? Do, you know it's a musical still. Uh, do I? Okay, sure. I heard it was. Do you get, Does Philly have good Italian ice? Little Italy does. Little Italy's got really great Italian ice. Uh, yes. Philly's got good cheesesteaks. Really? <laughs> hey, really? Hey, Sills. I've never had... Okay. Hold on here. I got to get this. Philly has some of the best water ice on the planet. It's no question. God, I love that. Man, that's good to hear, man. I look because I'll, I'll be getting. I love Italian ice. I got Italian ice, Luigi's. It's in a box, but hey, you know I got it because you're out here on the communist coast. I have to, um, you know, get my scongeal in a can, and I have to get like my Luigi's Italian ice in a cup, frozen. So it's kind of BS. It's not the fluffy stuff you get on the boardwalk. So I get it. I understand. Oh, Atlantic City has some good shit like that. Yeah, that's right, Nathan. All right, so I got Hertz at four. Number three on the big sills. Food easily distracts me, as you see. The legendary Josh Allen. Number three. Number two. Looks like Burrow's going to play this weekend. Who are they playing this weekend? Who did I see that they're playing? Playing Cleveland. Wow, that's going to be a hell of a ball game. Cincinnati, Cleveland, you got Burrow versus Deshaun watching. I'll be watching that. Okay? I'll be watching that. Boy, that's going to be a ball game. Holy shit, is that going to be a good ball game? And I got Mahomes one, so here's the list. Golf 10, Dak 9, Lamar Jackson 8, Aaron Rodgers 7, Trevor Lawrence 6, Justin Herbert 5, Jalen Hurts 4, Josh Allen 3, Joe Burrow 2, and Patrick Mahomes 1. Week 1 of the Big Sills quarterback power rankings. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I want to I want to show you this. Okay, just to show you where this league is going in the next five years, okay? You do know that we will enjoy watching him be a train wreck as a head coach. <laughs> hey, T-Dog, I do know you will. And, oh, no, hey, watch this. Here's, e- here, here's Eagle fans. Sills, here's the emojis that all you need to know. Popcorn and beer, Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> hey, I get it. 
Am I, hey, am I right? Popcorn and beer. Hey, Niner all day. Sorry, dude. Brock Purdy don't get put in the top 20 until that guy starts 20 NFL games. You got to start 20 NFL games before you start talking about whether or not you're a, an elite quarterback. I love how these Niner guys, man, are going, this guy, uh, Brock Purdy's elite. He has seven starts. Guy's got seven starts. He's elite? <laughs> Come on, man. Right? Seven starts. He's elite. Give me a break. So look at the quarterbacks that we're seeing. Like, here, let me ask you that. This is the next five years in this league. How many people think Anthony Richardson? I just want to get a show of hands here. How many people think Anthony Richardson will be a success in the NFL? Nine or all day says, who said he was elite? Kyle Shanahan. You just fired a guy you used three first rounders on. He better be. Someone's ass is on the line. Okay. How many people think Anthony Richardson will be a success? I think he'll be okay. Fly, does that mean okay, but not like a superstar player? He has to work hard. He has talent. So, Joey, you think he's still got a long way to go. He's a project kind of guy. Okay? Richardson looks good to me. What, against the Eagle third team? Kid. You see see Anthony Richardson doing that at the link? I was like this. Dog. That's not the swamp. (laughs) Give him three years. So you got a lot of work to do. How many people think CJ Stroud's going to be a star? I'm going to make a point here. How many people believe, and by the way, this is opinion. This is not a fact stuff here. Because I'm going to show you something that's coming out of college here. I cannot believe how many good players are in college right now? Um, how many people think CJ Stroud's a good player or will be a good one? He's Trey Lance, Anthony Richardson. I agree. See, I'm stuck on him for some reason, but I think he will be good. No, no facts here. This is a this is this is an opinion stuff here. Um, I don't know what. I've never been impressed with C.J. Stroud. I, 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 what made you impressed with him? I think there's a better group of kids in college now than I do this current group that just went into the April draft. Don't you? There's better quarterbacks. By the way, you know what the absolute shit shame is here? The best conference in the country with quarterbacks might actually be the Pac-12. It might actually be the Pac-12. And it might be better than it's ever been. And they're ripping that thing apart, which is insanity. I mean, Quan, I love that comparison on C.J. Stroud. He's the next Cardell Jones. Yeah. I don't think he's anything. I, I wasn't impressed with him. I watched him play in college and saw him against... 
Penn State and Indiana? I don't know. <clears throat> Bryce Young, I think the kid's too small. Can I tell you that I think maybe a kid in the latter round, maybe the kid from Kentucky, or the kid up in um, – that kid Hooker, is he in Detroit? Is that kid Hendon Hooker up in Detroit, the guy who uh, played at Tennessee? Is he in Detroit as their backup up there? I think he's still hurt because he got hurt in college. Um, hey, Joey, Bryce Young has all the intangibles to be a great player except this. He's not physically built for it. Okay, he's just not physically built. So, I, hey, I actually like that Hendon Hooker kid. I think, I, you know, he he looks like a player to me. I saw him in college. I was pretty – I was – how about this? I was impressed more with Hendon Hooker than I was with Anthony Richardson at Florida. I, I, I was. I liked him. I thought he was a good-looking talent at Tennessee. Okay? I agree, man. I think see, I think Detroit got to steal that kid. I, hey, Darcy uh, Turner, I'm, I'm with you. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll do that in the final segment there, uh, Lions and Chiefs. Um, Hendon Hooker's like 27 or 28 already. Now, I think that you're thinking of the kid, Stetson Bennett, who was at Georgia. He's out in Los Angeles with the Rams. Um, oh, wait, Hooker's older too? Okay. Oh, he's 25? Wow, I didn't know that. Okay, he must be uh, um, one of those six-year COVID kids then. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get to the game tonight here in a minute. So the quarterbacks that are went in the draft in the first round this year, I went Remember I told you, I was not impressed with any one of them. Jalen Carter was the best player in the draft, along with Will Anderson. Those two players are the two best players in the draft. If I was, hey, the kid Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech I liked. The kid Paris Johnson I liked at Ohio State. Okay? It doesn't matter what quarterbacks anymore, especially with guys playing in their 40s. Eh, the back end of the guys nowadays are getting older. He's right because you're not hitting them. They want these guys sticking around longer. It's a good point. Bryce Young going to have quarterback syndrome. Death row, he's just not built for it. Hey, I, I like Will Levis. I He's a Connecticut kid. I think he started his career at Penn State. Then he transferred to Kentucky. He was hurt a lot of his senior year. I, am I right? Will Levis, is he at Tennessee? Is is Will Levis in Tennessee now? Am I right when I say that, that he got drafted not in the first round, but he went in like a later round? I think he's at Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He could be the heir apparent there. I don't see it with Levis. And yes, he was with the Titans. He's with the Titans. Okay. His, he had a really, really rough senior year. He was better his junior year. <clears throat> Kelsey's out. Wow. I'm taking the Lions for sure tonight. Hey, Quan, you told me you want to know what I'm drinking? I'm drinking better roster. You should try it. Open it. Drink it. Sit back. Use ice in it. Okay, I'll tell you why I'm taking the Lions here in a minute. I want to show you something here, though. 
You know what? Let me let me take a time out because I'll, I'll hit on that game first, and then I want to show you something here on what the NFL is going to look like in the next five years. And we'll talk about Chiefs and Lions tonight. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods score and save at southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds and if you join our winter watch team we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all keep your tiles on your pool not in your pool fly with Colony right now birds fans visit flywithcolony.com Thirty-four seventeen Lions. Thirty-four seventeen Lions. Show me the advantage that Kansas City has. You don't have a better special teams than them. Um, your quarterback is superior to them. Your running game won't be. They have the third best O line in pro football. They have a much improved defensive line. They have a better edge rusher than you. You don't have an edge rusher. You don't have Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey in the game. Your linebackers are not very good. You have a pretty good offensive guard. You don't have one advantage in this game, except for Mahomes is going to have to do everything. His greatness will be on display tonight. Okay, Dan, 
damn, you don't think Mahomes gets 21 points? No, because you know what they're going to do? They're going to run the ball and show you the remedy on how to beat Kansas City, something you guys couldn't do in the Super Bowl. And that was run the ball and keep the ball away from that dude for four quarters, not three quarters. Four. Okay? Four quarters, not three. That you, you don't have the advantage up front. Detroit is better up front on both sides of the ball. So you, okay, you don't think that's a factor? Plus your wide receivers are horseshit. I don't know. Hey, we're going to find out, man. I, I, Mahomes' greatness, if he wins this game with nothing, that roster is lesser. They're a lesser football team than the one that played you in the Super Bowl tonight. They're lesser. Hey, if they don't have Chris Jones and they don't have Travis Kelsey, Eagles put 40 on them. Hold them to 17. I don't see the offense. Dude, that team lost to the Colts, too. So I forget. This is going to be week one. Hey, I, I, I mean, I don't have a problem saying that. Because I don't see the advantages. The coach, okay, coach and quarterback, they're going to have to have an A-plus game tonight. Detroit and Atlanta took those running backs so fast because they didn't want Philly to have them. Nah, Philly was never drafting them. Even though they should have taken Bijan, it's all good. I don't see it. 34-17? Golf's a good player, man. Okay, here. I get the home homes factor. Who's stopping the line? That Lions offense put Philadelphia to the they, – they took them to the – 59th minute of the game, and they got better. The Lions got better from a year ago. They got better. They got better. Dude, they got the third best O-line in football, and they got, in my opinion, they got the advantage in the D-line against the Kansas City O-line. Backers are better. Secondary's better. They might be okay at corner. Kansas City. Who's the tight end in Detroit? Who do they have up there? I mean, they got, dude, I'm telling you, I think that kid they got from Alabama is going to have a hell of a game without Chris Jones in there. And if I'm Detroit, I run the football as much as I can tonight, throwing the ball. The only way I'm throwing the ball is if, Detroit's constantly in third and short or second and short. Okay. Sam Laporta. And that kid Hawkinson, isn't he um, in Minnesota? I thought that guy was in Minnesota, Barb. <clears throat> um, I, I, I think Dan Campbell. Is showing that he's a pretty good coach, too. Okay? <clears throat> that he's a pretty good coach. So, it's 4245. Oh, that Iowa tight end. He's not bad. I saw him play in college. We've got to see what he does. 
I don't like Kansas City's linebackers. <laughs> Turner, Purdy's a soft white boy. Come on, man. Because why he went to Iowa State? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> why? Because he went to Iowa State. Hey, Seals, how can you say Dak will never win a Super Bowl in Dallas and almost in the same breath give him a 50-50 chance to win it this year? That's because he's going to make it to the NFC title game, and if he plays the Eagles, he'll win because he always does. That's the 50-50 shot. If the Cowboys have to play somebody else in the NFC title game, the Cowboys will lose. But if they play Philly and Philly, see, this is how I think the playoffs are going to play out. I think the Saints are going to win the most games in the NFC this year. And I think they're going to have home field advantage, get beat in the opening round versus someone. And they're not going to go far in the postseason. And Philly's going to be the two seed. And Dallas is going to have to come up through the wild card. And they're going to have to get through two rounds. And if they get to the two rounds and they get to Philly, they'll win. They always win. <clears throat> five-star goes Cowboys are trash well, unless they play you correct by the way that's not opinion oh man Hollywood I got him down here so I was just gonna I was just telling you guys the quarterbacks that are going to be coming into the National Football League this group is so much better it's so much better see I know a lot of you like Caleb Williams and how about his dad we're not playing in Arizona. I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to go to Arizona, too. I wouldn't want to play with the Cardinals. Absolutely not. Would I want to play there? Hey, Archie Manning did it, and he didn't allow Eli to go play with the Chargers because he didn't trust the Spanos family. And look what Philip Rivers had. Philip Rivers had a great roster early in his career. Tony Gates, all those wide receivers they had, a great defense. They didn't do shit with it because it was a mistake in coaching. A.J. Smith was the a, was the uh, general manager of the team, and he got in the way of Marty. He, they fired a coach who was 14-2. and two. That's pretty much all you need to know about the Spanos family. Spanos family fired a coach who was 14-2, and two, was part of an organization that drafted Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers and fired him. Where, where, where are you going? I hired North Turner. So they fired Marty Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer found Breeze, developed him. Get this, Schottenheimer wanted to trade Rivers, keep Breeze. If Breeze wins, his, if Drew Breeze wins the Super Bowl in San Diego, the franchise might be still there. Because maybe the city people would have built them a stadium. Instead, they get him killed in the final game of the year against Kansas City. He blows his shoulder out, and then the rest is history in New Orleans. And by the way, Sean Payton got lucky that Breeze landed there because he was injured and everybody wanted Dante Culpepper. It was Saban who screwed up. Saban goes, let me take – at the end of the day, he did the right thing. He took the healthier guy. Okay, he took the healthier guy. William, I just said it. You'll have to go back and replay the thing. I don't repeat myself like that. 
So do you think uh, Jalen beats Dak this year? I do. I think they split. Joseph, I think they go one and one versus one another. I do. I don't think the Cowboys are going to sweep them, and I don't think the Eagles are going to sweep them. I think it's going to be a tradition. Dude, NFC East teams, there's a reason since 04 why there hasn't been a repeat champion. It's a tough division, and when you play common opponent like that, and I'll tell you one thing about the organizations, the one thing they do really well, they draft to beat each team in the division. Look at the commanders last year. They went one-on-one versus you. The Cowboys went one-on-one. The Giants were not competitive. I get it. But Washington went one-on-one. Why? Because they had the personnel to beat you. It's, 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 that's not an opinion. This has been recent history. Five-star goes Cowboys 21, Giants 28. Maybe. I don't believe in the Cowboys. I mean, I don't believe in the Giants like that. I don't. But Jerry's over there touting his, blowing his horn and all that stuff. I do think the 49ers are good. I want you to listen to this. Here are the quarterbacks that are going to go into the April draft and change the landscape of the NFL with the current good ones we have now with Jalen and all these guys. Caleb Williams, dude, this kid from Florida State, Jordan Travis, he's a ball player. He may have had the performance of the weekend because it was against LSU. They beat the piss out of them. Mike Norville has done such a great job with this player. Man, FSU looks awful good. I mean, they spanked him by three touchdowns. He was absolutely sensational. I mean, especially in the second half. He's a here, he's a first round talent. Shador Sanders. Whew, he moved like Brady. All the things that Tom Brady taught him, he texted him after the game. And um he texted him after the game and says, stay focused, work on the things that you have to work on that were not good in the game. I don't know how many things weren't good in the game. You see the way he moved to his left and his right, and he was creating passing lanes? You see how he kept his poise? Five touchdowns, no picks, 511 yards. He was unbelievable. I mean, his first power five on the road, he looked like he'd been doing it forever. And he he has, just at a different level. Man, is he a good look – like. When I think of Caleb Williams and I look at Shador Sanders and I go like this, Sills, you think really Caleb Williams is that far? It's not like this and this. It's not that far apart. He, he, He was absolutely sensational. Five receivers over 100 yards. I mean, good night. Dude, I don't know because you guys probably don't watch a lot of college football. Philly's a pro city. This Michael Penix kid, he transferred from Indiana. He's up at Washington. This kid, I think he threw for 450 yards. He can play, man. He can absolutely play. I can't believe Bo Nix is still in college football. I thought he was a four-year guy at Auburn, 
it seems to me like he's been up at Oregon now for three. This guy's like on a GI bill or something. I mean, Bo Nix is still in college football. Holy shit. He's got to be almost 30 years old. I mean, he played a ton of years at Auburn. I thought he played three years at Auburn. You know what I mean? I mean, he was there a long time. He he looks like a good ball player, though. Drake May, the kid at UNC, is another big-time arm that is going to get an out. Dude, there's some. I've named you six first-rounders already. You know, hey, how do you say the kid from Penn State? I thought he was great against West Virginia this past this past weekend. I liked how Penn State drilled um, West Virginia. Three seconds left in the game. They wanted to add on a little bit. J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. I like that DJ kid that was at Clemson is now at Oregon State. He's a good-looking ball player. All right. I might be wrong, man. 34-17, I got the Lions winning this thing in a big way. Ugandale. Hey, Kayvon, that guy can play, man. Hey, he threw for like four touchdowns himself, right? Four or five touchdowns up there. I thought he was spectacular. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you. Enjoy it. Football is here. We'll have all of our predictions tomorrow. If you missed the Mario Cristobal interview, please go back and watch it. It was at 4.30 Eastern time. We thank you again. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you. Tone, it's so great to have you back, man. A lot of fun with you. Absolutely always. Enjoy the ball game. We'll catch you tomorrow going 3-6. to six. We'll see you on the flip side. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.